When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bowen. Ben, today's topic is a little bit controversial. You know, weirdly enough, it is controversial to the point that we should probably put a disclaimer out a couple of times. Uh, I guess so. I mean, a disclaimer is a little bit strong, maybe, and we said it that way, you know, when we were talking about yeah. leading into this podcast, and I guess... I just want to say that, you know, we're not really connected to, like, the diesel community. We're not really a political show or anything like that. Right. Uh, So we're looking at this trend, which is kind of a trend, Mm -hmm. uh, from the outside in, as we are with a lot of our topics. Right, yes. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, today we are exploring a little thing called coal rolling. If the name is not familiar to you, then the action certainly is. And it will be by the end of uh, the podcast if you haven't seen this or haven't heard of it. Yeah, if we do our job. If we do our job, that's right. Yeah, so again, we're looking at this trend from the outside in, and it's not really, you know, we're, we're not going to portray any right or wrong or any kind of political stance on this thing or anything like that, but it is very political in nature the way that people are talking about it. In the press, it's become political because coal rolling, which is, you know, at the most basic form, coal rolling is dumping extra fuel into the engine so that it emits a large and uh, very distinctive black puff of smoke. Exactly right. We'll talk about some details about all this as we go on here. But uh, people have said that, you know, this is something that uh, diesel truck owners are are doing to kind of thumb their nose at uh you know, environmentalists and uh, sure. people that drive Prius vehicles, you know, uh, the people that are kind of down on SUVs and big trucks, right? So it's, uh, it's, they're, they're saying that it's kind of like a way to say, um, I'll show you, you know, I'll counteract what you're doing with your Prius. Right. Yeah. And then this has also been around in, uh, competitive things like in tugs before it was involved as a, uh, Prius repellent. Yeah. And you're saying, are you saying tugs like is in, um, are you saying tugs is in like a uh, a truck pull? Yeah. Oh, okay, a truck pull or a uh, tractor pull. Uh huh. Okay, I'd never heard it called a tug, but well, you know where they have the where, but the smoke comes out that way. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So right. This is. I think it's very important for us to point out that it's not necessarily only people driving around trolling other folks on the interstate. Nowadays, it is mainly. <laughs> well, it is mainly, yeah, but there's also a, uh, a motorsport angle to this whole thing that we'll talk about as yeah. we get to it, right? Okay, so 
Uh, there is an article on How Stuff Works about coal rolling. So if you really want to get kind of the lowdown on the whole thing, you can go to How Stuff Works and look up rolling coal or coal rolling. I'm not sure exactly which one it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's how coal rollers work. And um, boy, there's just a, there's a lot of stuff out there that you can places you can get information about coal rolling. Now, there are a lot of forums, of course, you know, diesel truck forums about how to um, adjust, not adjust, but how to modify your pickup truck to do this. Right. Yeah. You have to have a diesel engine. Right? Yeah. Sorry. Most other cars in the U.S., uh, you do have to have a diesel engine in order to make your car a coal roller. In fact, you know what, Ben, later on, I'm going to maybe tell people there's kind of a little how-to, and it's only about five steps, but oh, yeah, it'll, it'll yeah. give you in uh, in order of cost, I guess, how you can do this. And it's not you know a step-by-step how-to, but uh, it will tell you kind of how these guys do this. Right? Like five different ways. Yeah, five different ways, maybe. Well, three different ways, but what you, there are also some requirements. Right. Like, like diesel, diesel engine. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. All right. Uh, so. Okay, I was going to point out something that we do need to emphasize all cars that are powered by an internal combustion engine emit some sort of smoke or pollutant, right? Sure. Yeah. So this is not an unusual thing that a diesel vehicle is not designed to do. It's just tweaking it a little. Yeah, tweaking it a little is, uh, is right. I mean, what you're doing is you're dumping extra fuel into a diesel engine mm. that uh, that it simply can't burn. And uh, the, the byproduct of that is like a soot or an ash that comes yeah. out, right? And it blows right through the exhaust system out into the uh, out into the air via the exhaust tube. Of course, uh, you'll see some heavy modifications on these trucks that are rolling coal. A lot of them have like big smokestack type exhaust. Uh-huh. Uh, you've seen them coming up the back of the cab, even uh, maybe not necessarily under the bed like they normally would be. Uh, they're up top, kind of like a you'd find on a um, a semi rig, right? Yeah, a semi tractor. Yeah. They're stacks. Yeah, exactly. They're right. These giant stacks that are you know. Five, six inches in diameter. They're gigantic. It looks like they would just uh, gather rainwater, right? I'm sure there's got to be some kind of drain for that. But <laughs> right. um, there's some interesting modifications that you have to do to a vehicle in order to make it, uh, I guess, able to roll coal. But I guess, Ben, maybe we should talk about the uh, the legality of this whole thing. Ah, yes. Okay. So while there may not be a specific statute for driving that says you cannot coal roll, and by that, I mean, while it may not be something that uh, the local police or the local Johnny Law would pull you over for, uh, the fact of the matter is that the EPA, uh, some of you will remember them as the bad guys in Ghostbusters 1. <laughs> Actually, I think that's right. Um, the Environmental Protection Agency here in the United States uh, said that they, they have a quote on their website about this. And I'm just going to go ahead and read part of it. Great. It is a violation of the Clean Air Act to manufacture, sell, or install a part for a motor vehicle that bypasses, defeats, or renders inoperative any emission control device. Yada, yada, yada. Um, computer software that alters diesel fuel injection timing as a device. Um, they're just giving examples. And then they have another state that says, or excuse me, another statement that says, um, Pretty much the same thing. All right, so defeat devices, right? That's mm-hmm. what you're, you're going around all of the environmental protection um, right. mandated items that are, that are now there. The federally mandated environmental protection devices that are built into your vehicle for a reason, right? Right, and that that circumvention honestly used to make sense if you wanted to get the best performance out of your car because you you know Scott, you remember. I mean, it's an elephant in the room that a lot of people don't mention that when a lot of these uh, 
emissions control devices came in, they hurt the performance of a vehicle. We mention it all the time. We mention it all the time. (laughs) So regular listeners, uh, feel free to roll your eyes. But, you know, the argument now is that these emission control devices have improved to the point where they're not harming the performance of a car. Sure, yeah. In some cases, they, oh, uh, very few cases, but sometimes they actually enhance the performance of a vehicle. I mean, it's it's pretty rare. It does happen because most of these are restrictive in nature, right? Yeah. But this is uh, this is definitely a way to defeat those devices to kind of go around that that device. And but just reading from the uh, the How Stuff Works article here, Ben, um, I just want to mention this that the EPA also admits uh, that part of the purpose for a defeat device isn't. Uh, necessarily to override the emissions controls it's sometimes uh necessary just to you know affect the the desired gains in performance like you just mentioned right right yeah but the epa also says that it doesn't necessarily run around chasing down criminals you know people that that are offending you know in this way they're not they're not epa police out on the streets that that watch for you know coal rollers right it's at a higher level exactly right but if if it you know Let's say that you're involved in something else and your vehicle's being inspected for whatever reason, uh-huh. and they see this. Sure, you may get a ticket for it. You may face some kind of violation or fee for for sure. having defeated that device because you know they're they're there for a reason. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet, and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So when we talk about the origin of coal rolling, you and I briefly mentioned that it's not just what you see on the streets today, right? That's right. And it has its origin 
in motorsports. Yeah, truck and tractor pulling, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, as you mentioned, you called it a tug. Yeah, never I heard think that. I just made that up. That's all right. That's fine. <laughs> but it's, you know, pulling a weight sled, really. Right, and that's what yeah. it is. And you're going for either speed or distance. Um, there may be time involved. I, I mm-hmm. think there's all three of those factors that go in. Uh, but it, I've, I've been to a tractor pull before. Have you? Yeah, but oh, I was pretty young. They're great fun, aren't they? I mean, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's kind of a uh, like a county fair type thing or maybe a state fair type Very thing. Very much so. Uh, but there are also groups that do this. And I think there's one that's mentioned again in the article called the Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling Association. And mm-hmm. they're not really outlaws. I mean, they're not uh, they're not doing this illegally. It's a form of motors- motorsport and it's uh, it's based in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a serious sport or competition for these guys. I mean, they have new members all the time. It's it's gaining in popularity, if nothing else, really. Um it's just, it's a fun time. I mean, if you've never attended one or if you've never seen one, it's, it's actually worth checking out. Some of these tractors and trucks, they're not what you would expect. They're, they're amazing machines. No, yeah, these are modified for their purpose. And let me also say in defense, uh, for those of you who will check this out on YouTube and say, ah, it's not that great. It's one of those you have to be there things. Yeah. You know, it's, it kind of is the, the, uh, the smell, the, uh, sure. the, the smell of the crowd. The, <laughs> the smell uh, of the crowd. <laughs> the smell of the crowd. The roar of the engines. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. a it's a fun thing. I mean, it's a, it can be a lot of uh, a lot of fun on a you know Friday or Saturday evening at the at the county fair. Right. And the side effect of all these modifications that are uh, that turn these engines from lambs to wolves is the is the smoke. The plumes of black smoke are just a side effect. Uh, that happens when you make the required modifications for truck pulling. Exactly right. So why would somebody want to roll coal in a non-motorsports format? Like, why would you want to do that if you're not a truck puller or a uh, rather a sled puller or weight puller? To why would you do that? Look a little badass. I, I think? guess so. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> now, see, a lot of people say that you know there there's some that will do it for political statement. Yes, that's true, right? Some right. Will. A protest against environmental uh, actions or against. Uh, perceived, you know, uh, sandal wearing liberals in their Prius or something. Well, sure. I mean, the Obama administration and their effort to, uh, to curb carbon emissions and, you know, all that. I mean, there's strict regulations that are in place now. And right. some people just outright, uh, disagree with that and say, well, I'm going to show you and do this, right? Yeah. And there have been a few, um, there, there have been a few dive bombs on politicians and, you know, local politic guys where, wherein, uh, one of the trucks would drive by and then, and we'll explain how, We'll explain how this actually works. They'll drive by and then they'll drop the fuel and so they'll hit the car mm-hmm. or hit the person with this plume of smoke. Even more malicious, right? Even more. All right. Malicious. So, and then there are also people that, uh, as you just mentioned, Ben, some do it just because it looks cool. And I think that that's a huge group of people that do this. I mean, yeah. uh, younger kids out in the country that have, you know, the pickup truck is their first vehicle for uh-huh. a lot of these kids, mm-hmm. a diesel pickup truck. This is just another kind of, um, I'm going to say it's just kind of a cool modification that you can do to your truck. And it's one of the things that they're just doing now. You know how trends come and go like this, right? True. And this is something that I think kids are just doing because that's what their friends are doing. And they do it to their truck. And then uh, it kind of hangs around for a while. And eventually this will kind of fade into the past. But you know, the truck and tractor pull guys are still going to do it because it's mm-hmm. purposeful in their situation, right? And I think other people, um, <laughs> this is fun. I think there's another group of people that do it just because they kind of want to bait people into arguments. They Absolutely. Wanna, they, they want, uh, they're, they're picking a fight. They're internet trolls in real life, you guys. Uh, it's, it's weird because, you know, of course, you could argue that this is a waste of fuel. There's no two ways about it. It is polluting the environment. Sure, not as much as many other industrial coal uses. Yeah. This just appears 
to be something for people to yell at because it has some dramatic flair. Uh, but if you go to Facebook and YouTube, you'll see so many people purposely trolling, like, look what I did. Yeah, they and, post a video yeah. of them rolling coal on some innocent bystander or somebody sure. that, you know, is driving a Prius or whatever. And that's, that's fine. They can, they can post that or whatever, but it just leads to this, uh, this, this difficult conversation that they have with, with other people. You know, right. of course, that'll get an immediate response because it's very dramatic. It's very, um, it's a very visual thing, right? I mean, you, when yeah. you see it, it's, it's pretty shocking. Now, while I think I, you know, I love a good prank and I've seen some stuff that, Made me laugh, Scott, honestly. Oh, sure. But there is a concern, you know, if people are driving and if you've got a coal rolling vehicle and you, and you roll the coal on someone behind you, they won't be able to see. That's true. That's a, that's one point that's brought up by a lot of people, you know, a lot of motorcycle riders or somebody on a scooter, right. something like that. Um, you know, if they're in a, on a motorized vehicle or in a motorized vehicle and they suddenly can't see because these, these, in some cases, these, these plumes of black smoke, are so thick that it, it does obscure your vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like a little bit of haze that you have to drive through. Right, And it, but it's also not for a very long time. That's correct, yeah. But, I mean, I could see where there would be a danger aspect to mm-hmm. this whole thing. Not not a whole lot, but uh, that is one little factor in this whole thing. I'm sure that, you know, somebody has, uh, you know, fallen over on a scooter after somebody has rolled coal on them. You know, it's oh, probably yeah. probably happened. It's it's also kind of shocking when it happens to you because you don't expect it. The uh-huh. truck isn't, isn't smoking like that up until the point they decide to flip that switch. Ah, which brings us to the next thing. Uh, okay, so what do we need to actually create a coal roller, and what do we do? Because there are different kinds of systems we can use. Okay, so this is my uh, my brief how-to list, and you can find this anywhere online. There's a right. bunch of these these how-to lists. But the first thing you're going to need is a diesel engine. Now, no matter the, what. Yeah, the huge black clouds of smoke, uh, they're only possible with diesel fuel. Gasoline just simply won't do it, right? Because the unburned fuel... That comes out, exits as that black soot that I mentioned, mm-hmm. right? So that you have to have that. Um, it's just not as effective in, in a gasoline-powered vehicle. It just doesn't work the same way. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. 
people that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy, yeah. right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to a really good cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The second thing you're going to need is to get the right exhaust system or exhaust stacks. Ah, uh, yes, the stacks. Yeah, the stacks are important in this case uh, because you can get simply more black smoke out that way. Yeah, faster. which direction do you want it to go? Exactly right. right. Uh, Behind you, above you. Exactly right. And we talked about the stacks, you know, coming out of the the, uh, the bed of the truck, and that's mm-hmm. very popular. Some people like to center them. Mm-hmm. Some people put them on the edges like a, like a big semi-rig. Yeah, once or twice, I'm sure there's some mo- masochists who put it on the front. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that'd be... Ed- Almost impossible to drive through. That's funny, though. Yeah. Uh, funny uh, thought, though, Ben. Yeah, another one um, that's very important is the smoke switch. Ah, that's right, the smoke switch. Now, the smoke switch, this is, uh, out of the three methods that I'm going to tell you, this is the cheapest option, mm-hmm. okay? And it's really not that difficult to do. I mean, if you look online, you can find plenty of wiring diagrams for your specific truck to learn how to do this. And, and basically, all it requires is a switch, a resistor, uh, a power source of some sort, and of course, you know, access to your MAP sensor, which is your uh, manifold absolute pressure sensor, yep. and the ECM, which is the engine control module. So what we're saying, guys, is that you can actually build this on your own. You can, and it's a really cheap way to do it. It's also not the safest way to do it. Now, there's, no. a, there's a slightly safer way to do that, and that's number four, uh, which is a uh, just a little bit more expensive as well. You can install an engine tuner, which is sometimes called an engine programmer, mm-hmm. um, or a brand new uh, fuel injection control module. Now, a little bit more expensive, as I mentioned. Uh, you'll find that the prices of these things are, you know, they're starting to get around like 500 bucks somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. Uh, so it's kind of pricey, maybe a little bit more in some cases. But you get more for it, too. Uh, yeah, you do. Because you get the safety provisions, like the exhaust temperature gauges. Yeah, sure. You do get some kind of uh, some kind of assurance that you're not going to just you know, grenade your engine right? Uh, yeah. as soon as you flip the switch, right? But what um, do you do if you want the best of the best? The best of the best. Now, the best of the best would be uh, the last thing on my list here, and it's the most expensive. And, Ben, this can get up, you know, up in the neighborhood of like $5,000. If you go to kind of like the maximum and you're having somebody else do all the work. Right. And uh, you're talking about, you know, giant diesel engine where you're having some serious engine work done. Uh, the best way, the most effective way to roll coal, if you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. is install oversized fuel injectors that pump way too much fuel into the mm-hmm. engine. And, and at the same time, you have to use a tuner or a programmer uh, to kind of, you know, I, I guess fool the engine into thinking that it needs more fuel at that particular time, right? right? So, I mean, the, the best advice that I can give you, though, you know, we just mentioned how to do this, yeah, is 
don't do this without a, a plan in place, a serious plan in place, because uh, you may end up really screwing things up with your engine, and uh, you're likely, if you do it on your own, you know, um, just you're likely to end up making a bigger mess out of things, really. I mean, I know there's yeah. some competent, you know, back backyard mechanics or shade tree mechanics out there that can do this, and, and nothing really happens with it. It's fine, totally fine. But uh, just remember that, you know, someone may have to come in and kind of mop up your mistakes, and that happens sometimes with, with uh, modifications like this to an engine. And it's uh, it's easier to break an engine sometimes than it is to fix it. <laughs> it's always easier to break yeah. an engine than it is to fix an engine. So always. Uh, we, we should also point out, however, that while this is technically illegal, we don't typically condone things that are illegal, mm-hmm. they're not really going to be prosecuting you if you are I, I i guess we've said this a couple times it's not something you'll get pulled over for uh they're the they being the epa is looking for the manufacturers of these parts the distributors of these parts but if you do decide to do this uh beware because it can it can damage your engine i can see how it's a funny prank but i also want people to understand that this can be expensive real quick I mean, the cost of gas alone is bringing out my uh, skim flint. Oh know? yeah, and uh, and diesel fuel is just slightly more expensive than than gasoline, anyways. So at least here in the United States. Uh-huh. So, um, ah, boy, I don't know. You know, it's popular. We didn't even mention where it's popular, really. But I would guess oh, people yeah. could probably pick out where it would be popular. It's popular here in the southeast in the United States, of course. So Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, mm-hmm. those areas, and also eastern Texas. So mm-hmm. the eastern side of Texas has also kind of fallen into this. Uh, it's this spreading, trend. Scott. It kind of is spreading. You're right. You're right. Spreading like a puff of black smoke. <laughs> and I think maybe maybe the last thing that I have about this, Ben, and mm. I think really this is another one where people just have to watch some videos and see what's going on there. I mean, I've seen some pretty malicious stuff happen, you know, like where there's a, a you know, like when they put a mascot out on the side of the road who's dressed in like, um, <laughs> you know, whatever, like a taco or whatever for a yeah. taco stand. And, Your day is you know, already bad. They lean out the window and say like, hey, do you smoke? And they're like, no, I don't smoke. And like, well, you do now. And then they, they hit the smoke button and, and totally engulf the person. Uh, they've also, you know, seen, I've seen people do it to, uh, to joggers or, you know, somebody who's riding a bike or other vehicles or people that just aren't paying attention, you know, people that are just not looking or at a bus stop. Yeah, my question at that level is about the line between funny and harmful. You know, mm-hmm. some of the mean kids in high schools, when they first get cars, they will go and throw bottles at people on the side of the road or mailboxes and yeah. stuff like that. Something destructive. Exactly. So I guess I would say that the, the times I saw it when, it was, when I thought it was funny, it was usually with a stationary car and not, not like a person. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, maybe I've just maybe I'm just missing your hilarious video of a person getting coal rolled. <laughs> no, I don't think there is a hilarious uh, version of that because no it's one like a clown though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> clowns deserve it. I don't like I don't like clowns. Clowns get clowns get it every time. That's your new. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be your your new tagline on clowns, your business card. Clowns deserve it. Clowns do deserve it. I'm not uh, I'm not a fan of clowns as of uh, a lot of people know that. Okay, all right, so. Uh, okay, I think one last thing that we kind of need to talk about here, just just briefly, and then yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much wrapped on this. Okay. Right? So yeah. I just want to say that overall, I mean, the reality of this whole thing is it is it really bad for the environment? Is this something that uh, is just destroying the environment, like people say? I mean, Ben, what about the children? I mean, that's uh, that's always the argument, right? Ben, what about, <laughs> no, the, children? about the children? That's right. Well, the truth is, I mean, and this is 
I'm just looking at it from, uh, again, the outside in. Yeah. This is not really a significant enough trend. You know, there's not enough people that are really doing this right. to really cause any kind of environmental problems or concerns. If mm-hmm. everybody, if everybody were doing this, sure, I could see there being some, some negative side effects to this thing. And, and I'm sure that in the immediate area where this happens, maybe there's a little bit of problem, right? You know, right. But, but yeah. overall, there's not enough people in, you know, a single state or a country mm-hmm. or the world mm-hmm. really to make an, make a difference in this case. I mean, it's not like everybody's doing it. So it's, it's like a drop in the, in the ocean, right? A drop in the ocean of pollution would be the argument. Now, of course, uh, we know that the world health organization or who had listed diesel exhaust as a carcinogen. Sure. Um, but we also know that in in the West, at least, pollution is so regulated that these guys aren't doing much. If you want to see the effects of um, of a country that doesn't have any emission standards, mm-hmm. then there are a wealth of them that you can check out. And, and you'll see that at the end of the day, a phrase that I hate but find appropriate here, uh, it does make sense for us to have uh, some sort of control on pollution because, you know, I've lived in places where people didn't have catalytic converters and things like that. You're talking about Guatemala, right? Yeah, specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, can I tell you something kind of gross? Of course. All right. So if you blew your nose, your snot and your boogers in your nose would be stained with soot. Really? Yeah, it was it was that bad. It's pretty intense. Yeah, and I can't imagine what's going on with uh in some parts of China, you know. Yeah, it's probably exactly the same. But uh so in in comparison of course coal rolling has very little to do with that. And if you guys enjoyed this episode or at least uh this part of it, I know you'll love our episode on which Causes more pollution, cars or cattle. Remember that one? I do, yeah. Yeah, that was, I was really happy with that one. <laughs> um, but before we go, uh, while we want to hear from you, of course, if you coal roll, tell us why, uh, to show you how much we want to hear from you, I thought we could do some listener mail. Let's do it. All right, so Tim C. writes to us from Signal Mountain, Tennessee, Scott. He says, I just wanted to pass on my first car. It was a 71 Vega. It's a four-speed with a sticky linkage, warped aluminum head, and burned a quart of oil eating every 30 miles. I bought reconditioned oil by the gallon in old milk jugs. I call it my James Bond car because it left everyone behind me in a cloud of blue smoke. Wait, 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 wait. A quart of oil every 30 miles? That's crazy, isn't it? That's an amazing amount of consumption. That's just that, there's a country music song about that. Wow, talk I, about pollution, right? Yeah, talk, oh my god. I mean, how'd you keep it on the road? Wow. Tim? Uh, I kept the car for a year, says Tim, and sold it in the spring of '77. I have no desire to have another '71 Vega. I don't blame him. Oh man, if you're putting used oil in a car, that you know that you go through a lot of oil. Right. His second car was a '73 Vega GT, yellow with a black racing stripe. It had steel cylinder sleeves and didn't burn any oil. It was a pretty good car. Uh, the Vegas, says Tim, were a poor man's Camaro. That is a significant step up to the second vehicle, right? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he also threw in that he enjoyed the Dream Car podcast. He went to the High Museum of Art um, in, over the summer on uh, July 5th and saw the cars. He really liked Harley Earl's Le Sabre, which was one of your favorites, Scott. That was my absolute favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said the number of advanced technical features on the show is impressive. I've included a couple of pics that, you know, that he took here. And uh, 
he ends his email by asking us, when do you want to go to Brunei and retrieve some cars? Oh, man, those are a wreck. There's no way I'm going to Brunei. <laughs> I would go there just uh, maybe to see the, uh, what was the name of the hotel? The Empire? Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the that crazy amusement park where it's free, but, but uh, empty. It, it's completely empty. Yeah, I would like to go. I would like to go check out Brunei. Now, it would be interesting to see the cars as kind of like a, um, almost like you're, you're touring an auto graveyard, you know? Yeah, we could go and take photos if they let us. That I think would that be would so be really cool. That would be. I doubt they would allow us to take photos. Maybe. But then also, I'm wondering, don't they, doesn't the royal family of Brunei probably have its own fleet of working cars? I would check those out. I bet they're pretty nice. That's true. The Sultan, he would still have working cars because mm-hmm. the Sultan, he's not in bad financial shape, right? Not like yeah. Prince Jeffrey. Do you think he has a Rolls Royce? Oh, I'm, I know he has a Rolls Royce. In fact, remember, uh, he has one that he keeps running. Oh, that's running, right. He has one that he keeps running outside of his front door 24-7 mm-hmm. all year long. It's amazing. I totally forgot that. That is such it's, a cool quote. It's always running. It's never turned off. Talk about a waste of gas, huh? Oh, it's incredible. It's a, it's a That's just a cool fact, I think. Yeah. So speaking of cool facts, we hope that you found this episode entertaining, and we hope that you write into us with uh, some cool facts of your own, just like Tim did. And thank you for the photos, by the way. Yeah, those are great. And we've got uh, we've got the internet presence. You know, we get it. We're in 2014. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You can find a lot of stuff that doesn't make it onto the show. If you check out that place, you can see every podcast that Scott and I have ever done on our website, carstuffshow.com. And if you want to take a page from Tim's book and write to us directly, uh, bully for you. Our email is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.